It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Gobert puts it on the floor to the basket! Rises with a right hand to that! Rudy Gobert! is locked on jazz for the 25th of july happy birthday happy 14th birthday to my son no not pioneer day to my son rudy gobert what's his impact on the jazz on Derek favors on gordon hayward and is he as good as we believe we'll discuss that plus dig back into his contract situation with the jazz that's the focus on today's edition of locked on jazz. Bum 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 pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. It is officially the dead period of the NBA. Uh, well, I'll try to roll through looking at individual players for the week. Then probably go to once or twice a week for most of August. Uh, there will be a locked on NBA today. Rob Mahoney wrote a really good article on the Jazz. He's a good SI writer. We'll talk to him. I'll probably have a, a scout podcast for the next week on locked on NBA. And then, uh, we'll kind of pull back a little bit. I got to breathe at some point. Um, and my wife and I are going to go on a little trip and do some of that kind of stuff. So uh, that's the plan. Thanks so much. The five stars are amazing. The traffic last week was amazing. I'm almost reluctant. Uh, the whole Lockdown Podcast Network in the NBA world is planning this. I'm, I'm pretty reluctant to do it. Uh, the Derek Favors show last week was one of our biggest shows we've ever had, uh, other than the – kind of immediate reaction, Joe Johnson, George Hill podcast. So you guys are still out there. I can't thank you enough. Uh, otherwise, the the network continues to dr- grow. I mean, the Lockdown Heat show was up 20% last week. The Pelican show was up 26%. The Thunder show was up 50%. The Knicks show was up 26%. Lakers show was up 22%. Bla- Blazers, 27%. We might have to go Donald Trump on the Laker fans, though. We need to, you know exterminate them from our um, collection. Uh, the Bucks fan, the Bucks doubled. So anyway, great stuff. Today's a big day on the Lockdown Podcast Network because of the fact that we are uh, opening up the first ever NFL. So Lockdown Saints is there. Uh, Lockdown Raiders has been hired. For those people, I think that's a decent fan base, so a lot of that uh, going on for you. And there is uh, all sorts of other stuff for you uh, available and out there on the pod network. Um, some really, really fun stuff. Locked on Clippers, DJ Foster's done an over-under on all the wins in the Western Conference, which I think should interest you. And DJ Foster is really, really funny, uh, if nothing else. So that's a that's a good one um, to go catch along the way. So there's a lot of good shows. Thanks so much. I can't thank you guys enough, really. I hope you take some personal pride in watching this network grow because without your support of Locked On Jazz, it never, ever 
would have happened. Uh, sp- thanks as well always to Devin Cash uh, and his great support of the program. Uh, without Devin Cash and guys like that, it uh, wouldn't be great. Call Devin Cash to do your real estate, 801-759-1495, 801-759-1495. And if you want to advertise on the podcast, you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, dlock09 uh, gmail. Uh, com. All right, let's go to our pins across the world. Uh, I live in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, and I'm a huge Utah jazz fan, says Dax. Uh, I was raised in Utah and have lived in many different places in the U.S., leaving home. During that time, I follow the jazz however I can. Uh, without tip-off and lockdown jazz, I'd not be able to get the local perspective. The thing I love about our team is that it reflects the attributes of our community, hard workers doing things the right way, making the most of what they have. Over the past six years, I've been able to see the jazz when they come to this, play the Sixers. My wife and I were looking at a picture from four years ago when my wife and Gordon, after we saw his interview during Summer League broadcast on Monday, uh, she could not believe how much he's changed. He isn't a baby anymore, she said. As uh, Gordon grows so to the Jazz, I think uh, he can be a true number one. Thanks. Go Jazz. And by the way, I'd like to see the Jazz move place and make a gamble on Boban. Uh, I think the Pistons have already done that, he says. They have. Um, I don't know. I think if the Jazz move place at this point, they are probably buying out his contract with for another team uh, that they'll be paying that money uh, to some team along the way. Tibor. I'm not sure that the Tibor experiment has gained a lot of traction around the rest of the league. I'd say it was well worth it on our part. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Um, Tibor's a wonderful dude. He's working the best he can. So I think, you know, there's the positive uh, on all of this. By the way, yesterday was Carl Malone's birthday. And uh, I have to, we'll have to do a little um, tribute to Carl before we go too far. But let's get to our tip off story of the day, and that's Rudy Gobert. And the value of Rudy Gobert. And I wanted to just dig into last year was funky with the injury. And I thought he came back pretty well. And then I thought he faded a little bit of fatigue as the year went on. Both, I think, the couple of playing off the injury, playing from France uh, and the world. I thought he was worn out. First year as a starter. Uh, I expect Rudy to be much, much better uh, this year than he was a year ago. Uh, the thought I have on that is, one, every player's better when they do something a second time, uh, that's one of the real mantras I believe in, and that's one of the beauties of what the Utah Jazz are this year, is that almost nobody on that roster will be doing anything for the first time. George Hill, if he's your starting point guard, has done it before. Rodney has started before. Uh, Derek and Rudy have started before. Trey Lyles has come off the bench before. That, that's, that's a key part of having a successful team. Specifically to Rudy, there were some things I think prohibited him from having as good a year as he could. I thought he came to the Jazz tired. Remember, he had an awful preseason uh, from all of the French uh, international play, uh, which is important, and I'm not devaluing it. It just had a negative impact on where his physical uh, fatigue was. Then the injury, first time he's had a significant leg injury in his career and having to come back from that. And then third, I thought um, just that the, that's not his fault. Then I just thought he fatigued as the year went on. You saw his rebounding get less good late in games as time went on. Uh, and there were just a, there were a lot of these kind of little things that took place uh, along the way for Rudy, none of which really I am surprised about. I, I'm not trying to be – I don't think he was negligent. Um, I don't think – I'm not trying to be critical in any way um, – 
uh, shape or form uh, in that regard. I just think that as time went on, uh, what what we saw was the fact that Rudy uh, began the team began to I think fatigue a little bit, or he began to fatigue, and I thought it impacted his um, play. No, nothing again, nothing I would say negligent in any way, shape or form, but I would say that this is a case in which you know really Rudy was not at his max. Uh, ability for the season. So with that said, then I think the question is, well, how good was he? And that's what gets pretty exciting is that Rudy was that good. I mean, our offensive, our defensive rating when Rudy's on the floor was 100. When he's off, it's 103. So that impact is clear. The team was much better offensively when Rudy was on the floor, 104 versus 102. It shows value of rim running and getting there. Overall, the team's plus 4.3 with Rudy on and minus 1 when he's off. And I, with better players around him, Rudy being stronger in the lower body, having a better season catching. I thought he, as he got tired, he caught the ball less well. Uh, These are things that I really are areas where I think Rudy gets much better and we, and we see the team um, get much better because of it. I, I, you know, I think that's one of the really exciting things uh, in regards to to Rudy. The team shot better when he was on the floor, uh, both from three point range and around the rim. So he does have uh, his length has got some level of offensive gravity to it which I think is good. The only negative is that we allowed more second-chance points when he's on the floor than off, so that's a sign where his defensive rebounding uh, needs to improve a little bit, though overall, uh, the, and overall, when the other team, when he, sorry, when Rudy was on the floor, uh, teams got 27% of offensive rebounds, and when he was off the floor, they got 25. So that's an area where I thought the fatigue kicked in. He's got to improve um, a little bit better and I thought teams adjusted to Rudy last year uh, the around the rim numbers were similar to what uh, with him on and off the floor he was still one of the best rim protectors in the NBA that impact is is not to be denied in any way of what uh, what Rudy's able to do he he has really done uh, he continues to be I think he was the number two I'll look it up number two rim protector uh, in the NBA the fact is that the NBA has adjusted to Rudy. Now that he's a starter and now that he is going up against better players uh, in in every single one of these games, teams are now adjusting to how to deal with him. And uh, what you saw last year was that the field goal percentage of opposing teams was about the same with him on and off the floor despite the impact. So they're, they're kicking out their they're aware of who's um, of what's going on of his presence, and in turn, uh, they're adjusting. But he is still of four shots. Uh, he ended up being better than John Henson. He was the number one rim protector in the NBA. Jeff Withey was actually number three. Uh, we'll be interested to see what Festus Zeely does for Portland because he was number four for Golden State. Serge Ibaka, by the way, was number five, and Andrew Bogut was six, and Bismack Biongo was seven. So you you. <laughs> Of the top rim protectors in the league, five of the top seven rim protectors in the league change teams. 
uh, this last year. Uh, will be interesting to see what Orlando does with two of them. That's a that's a note I didn't know and we just stumbled upon. Uh, so Rudy's still incredibly impactful there. The the areas in which he'll need to improve are that defensive rebounding. I think we visually can see that the improved catching and that shows up that our turnover rate was way up when he was on the floor. But what's exciting is on a year where I think there's a lot of reasons to believe Rudy will be improved. And let's not forget Rudy's incredible work ethic. Uh, you you see the team's you know, run through it. They're better offensively. They're better defensively. They shoot better when he's on the floor. The three-point shooting's better when he's on the floor. The defense's uh, effective field goal percentage goes from uh, it's 43.7 when he's on the floor. It's 45 when he's off. So it the teams shoot the three better when he's on the floor. We'll, we'll have to figure out why that is or if it's just a weird little blip. So what's his impact on his teammates? Um, interestingly, on favors, no field goal percentage difference at all, whether he's playing with Rudy or without. You would think that maybe he's better with Rudy. He does take one more shot outside the restricted area when Rudy is there, and Rudy takes some rebounds from Derek. Derek's defensive rebounding rate is better when Rudy's off the floor. But favors defensive rating without Rudy is two points higher per 100 possessions, and it's up to 104.2. So it's a when Favors is on the floor without Rudy, we were a below-average defensive team last year. Rudy's defensive rating without Favors is 98.2, and with Favors is 102.2. Now, that's largely because of who you're playing. Some of this data can be a little skewy, and the reason I mention that is it's always against the starters. Those two guys always played together as starters, and then we're always separated against bench players. So 102.2 against starters is terrific. The league average is 103.7. You're holding starters down. You get to the second unit. Derek goes out. They bring in their second guys, and Rudy's defense becomes even more dominant. What's most interesting to me is that the, and this is a tribute to Quinn and the work that he did last year, is the offense is much better when both of them are on the floor. When both of them are on the floor. Uh, 106.4 rather than just 102.9 with Rudy off the floor. So when they were both on the floor, the offensive rating was 106. And when when Rudy was off, it went down to 103. So Rudy is not impacting the team negatively uh, in any way. And then I thought it was interesting to go look at Gordon Hayward uh, and again, it doesn't, there's nothing negative there. So Rudy last year's off impact offensively was fine. His threat on the rim is enough. It's clearing space. We're getting threes when he's on the floor. The areas where there must be improvement is defensive rebounding, particularly late in games and turnovers. Hopefully those both come with strength and experience and lack of fatigue and we get a better version of Rudy Gobert. Uh, than we did before. The number one story when we come into training camp for the month of training camp is going to be Rudy Gobert's extension. Uh, the Jazz have every intention of signing Rudy long-term. The question is when. Uh, if the Jazz are to sign Rudy right away, they would lose maybe as much as $20 million in cap space for the next year. It's the largest discrepancy between what a player will earn and the cap hold that they have in the history of the NBA. And so there's a lot of that reason alone uh, may outweigh every other. And the Jazz may do what the Spurs did with Kawhi Leonard, which is you end up waiting a year. And then when you max Rudy out the first moment you can, uh, of the next season. Now, the, the concern there is that you're allowing Rudy to go to restricted free agency 
if you max him the first day, hopefully you don't deal with offer sheets, um, kind of the way Washington did with Bradley Beal. The Jazz lost the offer sheet battle with Gordon Hayward. It's why we're in the free agency situation in the upcoming year. And so um, that's worth, you know, being aware of. But I think that, excuse me, I think the Jazz can work their way around that. I think it's unlikely, uh, just that it's such bad cap management, uh, that I think it's unlikely that Rudy ends up signing. Uh, this offseason. All right, a few other notes. Trey Burke was the first article I've seen from Trey Burke. Uh, He said, it's definitely time for a reset. A lot of things that happened I didn't understand. Uh, Just to have an opportunity again, being able to play with the all-star caliber point guard and John Wall, I took it as an opportunity to go deep in the playoffs and win games. So interesting that Trey just said he didn't understand. Uh, Trey was a total pro when he was here, never caused any problems with it. Uh, Went through the ringer. I mean, he got benched two years in a row, frankly. Uh, His shooting percentage wasn't good. He improved, though. I think he's going to have a good run in Washington. I hope he does. Uh, Derek Rose had some bizarre comments about the fact that the Knicks are the new super team. It would concern me a lot if I was a Knicks fan and the second or third worst offensive player in the league last year is talking about them being a super team. Uh, that doesn't show to me that he has a great uh, understanding of where he needs to improve. And finally, let's take a moment and uh, tip our hat to the great Carl Malone uh, the day after his birthday, um, where I need to find my my Carl Malone notes here for a second. Um, the this is was done by All Ball three sixty five. So Malone is one of thirteen players in NBA to win multiple MVP awards. He finished in the top five in MVP nine times. He was a fourteen time All Star. Only Kobe, Kareem, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Shaq have more. 14-time All-NBA selection, which to me is really maybe much more important than being an All-Star. And only Jabbar, Bryant, and Duncan have done that. Uh, I'm a huge believer in players being evaluated by the All-NBA. His 11 first-team All-NBA selections are tied with Kobe for the most in history. He made 11 consecutive All-NBA first-teams. 11 consecutive, so for 11 straight years, he was the best player in the league at his position. It's pretty incredible. Uh, And if you use win share, only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Will Chamberlain are higher than the great Carmelo. That is... Today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Locked On Saints is our first NFL break. Locked On Clippers has a nice show over under in the win total of uh, each and every team out there. Uh, some good things there. Locked On Lakers just had some good discussions, but they are the Lakers. You know, I don't know what to do about that. We'll have to figure it out. And if you haven't tuned into Locked On Celtics yet, those guys are just really fun. A lot of good shows out there. Hope you enjoy it. Hope to expand a lot of the NFL this upcoming week. So hopefully we'll have your NFL team. If you have a suggestion of someone on your, who covers your NFL team that you think I should talk to, feel free. I'm in that process right now. I've got three or four guys on every team I've been talking to. Uh, so please, please send that to me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's also, if you'd like to advertise on the program, dlock with an E, 09 at, 09 at gmail.com. Thanks. Have a great day.
Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.